Welcome to The Bear and the Ball. I am your host, Nick Webster, and today, a very good friend of The Bear and the Ball is back. He is a man of many firsts. The first goal scorer in MLS history. The first American to appear in three World Cup finals. The first American to get sent off in a World Cup. The first American to captain a team in the Bundesliga. One of the very few people to be a coach and beat an MLS team in the MLS Cup with an amateur team. Welcome to Eric Winona. Wow, thank you. What an intro. Nice. That's what I'm all about, Eric. Right, I'm going to get straight down to it. In the last 18 months, your son and my son have both suffered massive injuries playing youth soccer. My son broke his collarbone. Your son broke, which bone was it, Eric, again? Scapula, which is virtually impossible to break. But yes, scapula. Virtually impossible to break. So what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about players, coaches, admin, parents, and leagues. Let's start with players. What in your mind makes a player want to go out at 12, 13, 14 years of age and hurt somebody deliberately? Because my son running for a ball and a kid, I would say six inches bigger and 50 pounds heavier just threw his shoulder into him with no intention of winning the ball, sent him flying, broken collarbone. Where does that come from? Look, there. what we need to understand, and it's not something that we should accept lightly, but all sports, uh, not just our sport, uh, we we encourage kids to, to compete and we encourage them to get their aggression out. And on and a lot of occasions, we don't know exactly where these kids are coming from where they are and where their mental space is, what, what kind of environment their home life is like. What are, are they abused? Is there something going on at school? Are they, are they being bullied? There, there's, there's so many things that factor into this. So there's so many variables that it's hard to say or to basically specify and say, all right, this is the one thing that's causing people to be aggressive when they play soccer. What we do know is that we can do our best as coaches and administrators to, to help deter that process, to not uh, allow it to manifest itself through anger or rage and, and end up with somebody in the ER. And that's what happened with my son. So, yeah, and my son. Well, let's, let, we'll, we'll get to coaches and, and admin in a second. But, you know, we're talking about players now. Let's, let's move on to the next component, teammates. It's, is, the, is, there a, is there a pathway whereby teammates set up each other to go and hurt opponents? Well, I think, when, when we're, I think we see this more, uh, more and more in the women's game, uh, but we, we've seen it for some time in, in, in the men's game or the or boys' soccer, where, hey, if you hurt my buddy, I'm going to get you. And it is a thing. And, and each team, uh, unfortunately, can have its own little hitman uh, where – their job is to to basically be an enforcer. Now we see this at the professional level all the time, but it has no place really uh, in, in youth soccer. It, and, and it's something that I think uh, again, uh, once once teammates you know make a decision that they're going to protect one of the skilled players or they have a friend on the team, it's sometimes a really hard thing to recognize for a referee or even an opposing team or coach. So. It's a hard thing to be prepared for, but it does happen. You and I played many, many decades ago. Do you think that that was still a factor? 
the enforcer, the player that was going to go out and hurt people What's... and take joy and take and take joy in hurting people. Well, I mean, look, and and I'm coming from a space where um, I had a lot of aggression on the field. I was someone that was kicked a lot, um, not because I was a skilled player, but I liked to dribble, and I took my fair share of lumps. Um, one of the things that my father told me is, is at some point you got to fight back, uh, and of course that's something that I was unfortunately expected to uh, find my own definition of what that meant uh, to, to defend myself, and sometimes I took it too far, and sometimes I deliberately. Uh, took it upon myself to foul or to hurt somebody. So uh, from understanding it from that space of a young boy experiencing, you know, his first rush of testosterone and not understanding uh, the the magnitude or the severity of, 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 of your actions when, when you, you get angry and you, you're unable to control yourself. Um, and those, those instances of loss of composure can, can end up, you know, putting somebody in a, in a, in a really compromised spot, and that means the ER. I've done it as a player. Uh, I've I've been angered to the point uh, where when and sometimes it was at the outside outside forces. It was parents yelling from the sidelines that were telling me that I was a, a ball hog or a cheater or or whatever they you know they didn't like me, uh, and and those are the kind of things that you know, allowed me to go to that space where I was able to do something very violent. Uh, it's unfortunate. And it's, it's, it's guys like me, which, which I, th- I think, um, I think I have some, some, some good advice here because I lived it and I can recognize it. But for the people who don't recognize it and are unable to understand the emotions of a young player, Sometimes that these these things will happen and they come as a complete surprise. They're shocked that somebody acted that way, and but there are mechanisms. There's things you can do. Uh, one to recognize someone's potential volatility and and also things that you can say uh, to bring them back to earth and disallow them from from actually doing something that they'll, they're going to clearly regret. Okay, so you bring up a great point, and and your son Braden, I've I've watched him play on many occasions. Very similar player to you. Loves getting on the ball, loves dribbling, gets kicked all over the place. What are you saying to him right now as he's dealing with players that are being told quite categorically, stop this kid and do it by any means possible? What are you saying to Braden right now? Get rid of the ball. Uh, learn, to, learn to get out of the way. You know, play quicker. So you're not saying fight back no. like your dad told you to do? No, I'm not. And, and uh, you know, I think... I think that there are moments where you need to be strong uh, and you need to, this is how you learn to play the game. Uh, But, you know, just like you, you need to know that you're not going to win this fight with a, a, an ongoing, oncoming car. You you get out of the way and someone's trying to, to really hurt you. The other piece to that is, is, is there are players who are very skillful and they take great pleasure in nutmegging players or, or dancing around them at times. And then they have this ability to humiliate people. Uh, this is very dangerous because it's it's in the words of of Pelé, uh, who we've just lost. Some of the, the wisest words ever spoken is, "You can do whatever you want out there, but you do never intentionally humiliate your opponent." Uh, you can play the game uh, and and you make decisions out there, but if you start deliberately trying to tease or make fun of somebody, you are your own worst enemy. You will get hurt because it's human nature for them to come after you, target you, 
to hit you because you have embarrassed them. So uh, it's great advice. Don't ever try to humiliate anybody if you have the, those, those, those abilities. Uh, but when my kid gets the ball and he's learned a great lesson, I, I've told him many, on many occasions, um, you know, just because you beat them once doesn't mean that they won't come back, that they won't chase you. Um, and nobody can, can hit you when you're, when you're completely off, uh, you know, off the ball. Um, and the other part of that is nobody's faster than the ball. Nobody ever will be faster than the ball when this game's played appropriately. So, uh, it's part of learning. It's part of understanding, uh, how you play the game at a high level. Uh, but my advice to him is to play fast and get out of the way, unless you're willing to take the hit and you, and you feel that you're strong enough, um, and, and you feel that this is a moment where you needed to make that play. You needed to force the issue. Uh, but also understanding, you know, by reading the game and reading people out there, when you see somebody who's angry, that's really going to try and hurt somebody. One, you got to hope the ref is paying attention. But two, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. That, that, that situation will sort itself out eventually. You cannot stop somebody from, from, from going into – a place where they're they're intentionally going to hurt somebody. Your, your only option is to is, is to get away from them. Well, we saw that uh, actually in the Carabao Cup final yesterday. Anthony was kind of taking the mickey out of Dan Byrne, the uh, Newcastle left back, and Joe Linton was having none of it and went flying in there. And you know the the, the challenge certainly had uh, enough uh, aggression behind it. And I think hopefully and thankfully he kind of missed his target. But I mean, to your point, even at the professional level, we see that. But that was a, a Nick, that was a professional hit. That was a hey, knock it off hit. I mean, he could have made that a lot worse. Uh, it was just a hip check and just to put him, put him, put him down. Um, you know, if he would have come into a two footed tackle, we all know what that red card looks like. Uh, he didn't do that. He didn't choose to do that. But that's a great example. Anthony did, did take it too far. Um, you say take the Mickey out of him, but he he really was intentionally. Uh, humiliating uh, somebody who we knew was six foot five and wasn't going to have the quickest feet and was going to have a couple of swings and misses. Uh, and Anthony tried to enjoy that moment. And his teammate, as you just as we just talked about previously with kids, he took care of it. Now, in, in the professional world, that's acceptable uh, because that's a professional that knows how to actually foul somebody without hurting him. Sometimes kids don't know the difference. And they'll they'll come in hard, and now they're standing over a kid with a broken leg, and the first thing out of their mouth was, "Oh my God, I didn't mean to do that." And that's 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 the challenge is trying to to deter those kind of situations from happening because it's happened to our kids. You know, to, both of our kids were severely hurt um, because somebody decided that they wanted to to make a point or hurt them. So we talked about players, we talked about teammates. The next person in this equation, of course, is the coach. And I think, you know, you and I have been around the game long enough, especially at this youth level, to hear coaches uh, explicitly saying, go and take care of that kid. Now, what, what kind of mentality are we dealing with here when you've got a coach of uh, coaching young, young girls and boys, 13, 14, 15 years of age, and the coach is telling the child to go and hurt somebody. Because as we all know, coaches have such an impact positively or negatively on, on young kids' lives, perhaps in, in many cases with the most important adult that they know. And now you've got this adult saying, go and physically assault somebody. How do we navigate that without you know falling into 
um, you know, cultural stereotypes without falling into ways that we're not respecting the game, uh, we're not respecting other coaches. It's a tough one, Nick. Uh, and and some of the – it all comes back really to culture. And, you know, sometimes these coaches have, have an opportunity to be great leaders and to be great teachers of the game. And at the same time, they can also uh, perpetuate a pretty bad uh, culture that, that already exists. And there's, like I said before, there's angers. Some you know, there's anger inside some of these players who feel that they've been cheated, or they've been overlooked, or they've been they haven't got the same opportunity. Um, you, you do see is that, is that anger in these coaches as well. Well, I, I think the coaches um, perpetuate the situation instead of. Saying that's not the, that's not the way we settle this. They they have a tendency because they want to win. Um, will allow those those kids to take it too far. I, I saw it in the particular game where my child got hurt. Call him a child. He's a fourteen year old boy. Um, but when he went down, I, I, I unfortunately had to overhear. Um, the kids that were waiting to play and being warmed up by their coach. I'll leave the club out of it, but um, you know, these kids were younger than, so they look up to the, the group that's playing and the kids quote was, Ooh, that was nasty. And the coach responded with, well, that's why we win because we're nasty. Mm. Now that's, that's hard to hear. For a, from a you know a dad who sees his kid now, you know, riding just in, riding in pain on the on the on the in, with his hand up, going, "Please help me, help me, help me!" With a referee that's a get up, that was nothing. I mean, what's your immediate reaction to hearing something like that? I mean, of, of course, concern for your for your son, but I, then I always the other side of the coin is like pure unadulterated anger. Well, look, and, and as, as someone who's endured a lot of different things, that was really hard to endure. And I, when I opened up the gate into the field, because the, it was it was gated off, and, and I told another kid, I said, open the gate for me. That's my kid that's hurt. He goes, kid's good kid. He said, yeah, okay, sir. So he opened up the gate for me. The same guy who said, we're nasty, said, you're not allowed in here. And I said, I heard what you said. And then he just kind of went, quiet and i said that's my kid and then of course he doesn't want to he's probably realizes that that that's a a god-awful thing that he's just done or maybe he doesn't nick maybe he doesn't maybe he thinks well so what you know take that um i made it i made my way out to the field the coach was able to go on the field um and then i had to take him immediately to the er he could hardly walk and hardly breathe if you know where the scapula is and you understand what this, what that bone is. If you look it up, you, it, it will it will say that in order to break the scapula, you got to fall out of a tree, or you got to be in a car crash or a motorcycle accident. It's not a bone that is broken without you know really excessive force. force. Yeah, and that was the 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 horrible part of this. Um, because you know, I even took him to the ER, and the the ER doctors were were almost looking at me as if. Uh, you know, so you got in a car crash and then you dressed your kid up in a soccer uniform and brought him in. Is that what you just did? And I had to explain to them, 
No, no, he was running, and I, I got this from the doctor. Okay, let the kid explain what happened, Dad. So I had a, a doctor that doesn't believe me because my kid has broken a bone that's just that he he in his words had never seen broken uh, in twenty years of of sports in the ER. That's that's now given the conditions, uh, midday, brand new turf, the kind of turf that's really sticky. So when when my son hit the ground. And his shoulder and his back, he hit the ground, just stuck. There was no bounce. There was no skip. He just stuck into the ground. And that's why that bone uh, actually snapped. The reaction uh, of, of the other team uh, was no remorse. There was, let's just play on, whatever. The referee was a little bit uncooperative. There's a ton of reasons for me to lose my composure. But at the, in that moment, I just know out of experience, it's not going to help. There's nothing I freaking out was not going to make anything any better. My son actually later on said, I can't believe you didn't freak out. And I said, I was too concerned for you to get engaged with, you know, people who were just going to have, you know, their own reaction. And I just didn't, I didn't want to engage in that. Of course I did send an email calling their culture disgusting, uh, which was well-deserved. I, I think they've, I hope they've read that and I hope they've really taken into consideration that they need to change the way that they teach these kids how to play soccer because that was pretty bad. Um, all in I mean, all, Eric, I, I just, you know, what, what, are the mess- what are the messages we want to send to coaches though uh, regarding overly physical play? Because I mean, as, as as you said, that there's there's certain components of the game where a physical. Uh, presence is needed but that over physicality physicality in that age group what 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 kind of message do we want to send to coaches what do we want to say to them well i mean the the reality of their job is to teach the skills necessary to play this game nowhere in that equation is hurting somebody a skill it's not it's not something that we should ever teach. Um, it is something that we should be doing our best to deter. It doesn't mean that we want to you know, completely, you know, eliminate contact in this sport. It, it is inevitable that there will be contact. But the better players, the the, the players who are able to play the game at, a, at a, an incredibly high level, are not players that are running people over. They are people who are playing the ball always, manipulating the ball, uh, and understanding that there are ways to, to, you know, dispossess your, your opponent without even touching them. And those are, those are the, the real players. Uh, and that's what we are actually looking for as scouts. Uh, you know, when we watch, we watch the game, we go, we, those are the things that impress us. Knocking people over, kicking people, hurting people will never impress anybody. You will get nowhere. You, you will end up having a very different job when this thing is over. And it'll probably have something to do with hammering nails, but not playing soccer. Let's talk about the next component in this, you know, the, the, the lineage, the referee. And as, as you pointed out, in, in your case, the referee didn't think it was a big deal. Uh, certainly for my kid, London, the referee didn't think it was a big deal. And yet, you know, as I said, you know, you and I have, have, have watched thousands of games. You know, we, we've got a pretty good idea when uh, there's foul play involved and when it's over physical. Uh Obviously, our referees, I mean, I'd like to think they're getting better because they have more of an understanding of the game. But 
how can we help referees understand when something is overly physical? Because I think some of our referees come from, uh, you know, that, that NFL or, or American football background where, you know, giving someone a whack isn't a big deal. However, in our football, it kind of is. I, I, it's, it's, I'd love to say that there's a way to fix this problem, but it, it, it really isn't. Uh, it's, it's not that it's unfixable. It just requires uh, people who have actually played the game refereeing games because people that have played the game, not at a high level, have an understanding of the movements, have understanding of how uh, fouls and accidents happen, and understand malicious intent. They, they, they just do. If you don't, um, if you haven't played the game and, and you don't have a, a really good grasp of that, you, you'll see collisions very differently than people who have played the game. You'll see uh, someone who has, doesn't really – is so focused on the ball, for example, that they don't see the train coming behind. And, and they are unable to, to, to have that moment where they can actually almost sometimes deter – uh, you know, a, a foul from happening. The good refs, if you listen these days, play the ball, you'll hear it, you'll hear it out loud, or they'll hear that's enough from, you know, and, and these, are, these are commands that come from a referee to let the player know that you see what they're doing. And sometimes players will take it as far as you let them until it's too late. And, and that's, that's all part of good refereeing, referees that, that are able to communicate on the field uh, but they have to have an understanding of the game, Nick. They have to understand that these are the kind of, of, of collisions that are, are are unacceptable. And, you know, that there are there are times where you see collisions which are completely acceptable, where they are recognizing that this could have been a moment to hurt somebody. I still don't want the player to get past me, so I might grab them or I might, I might you know, kind of break my fall into them. Those are far better than the elbow to the face or uh, to the chin. And that's, that's something that I, I, I think also you'd see too many uh, referees don't understand what a red card is. They don't understand uh, what a yellow card is. And, you know, again, communication on the field, letting players know that you see what, what's happening, uh, taking advantage of those moments. Hey, number seven, come here. Come on. That's three in a row. Knock it off. Don't think I didn't see that. You have to put those kind of thoughts in players' minds. And, and, and those are things that I, I've refereed many games and things that I'll say to a player when the ball's in their side of the field. I, I, I saw that. Knock it off. I know you want to play. You, you don't want to be sitting this one out. So that, that's it. No more. And that's basically my way of saying, if you do it again, I'm throwing you out of the game. And well, I think you bring up a great point, though, about communication. And I, I feel like referees – don't talk to players and the reason they probably don't talk to players is because they don't have a, a clear understanding of the game. And I think many of our kids today are, are, are bigger students of the game than referees are, but communication, absolutely key. So that brings us kind of like to the, the penultimate uh, factor in, in this lineage, parents. And, you know, you mentioned that communication point and when you were with your son and the, 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 the noise coming from the sidelines was not positive. Mm. This educating the parents, it's, it's an, obviously it's an ongoing process. How can we speed it up? How many people do you think might hear this? How many people do you think we can help right now? Because the message needs to be, don't. 
send instructions to your kids. The only thing that, that you can do is encourage them when they do something well. Problem is, is when they do something bad, you can't encourage that. You can't let them feel that that's okay. You know, there's a difference between, hey, be tough out there and show them you're tough, you know. That, and, and those are the kind of messaging that, that we can get caught up in, as you alluded to before, in a mentality of maybe football or a different sport. You know, if you watch baseball, hockey, um, football, there's all components in there where you show them you're tough. Like when a pitcher is told by their coach, hit him, bean him, let him know, you know, hit him in the back. I mean, deliberately throw the ball at somebody. That ball could, could, could go six to eight inches higher than you expected because you're really not that good and hit that kid in the face, break their, their eye socket. There's so many things that can go wrong when you deliberately try to hurt somebody. And that's what I was talking about before is the kid that fouls somebody and says, oh, my God, I didn't mean to do that. That's on you, Dad, when you have told your kid to be tough and go in hard. That's on you. When, when, when you expect a 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old to understand uh, you know, the, the severity of their actions when, when they go in hard and actually kick somebody. It's, it's, it's really a dangerous thing. So parents, you know, of course, education is, is a big part of it. Um, I do think that if you were to really be honest about it, the number one focal point for most parents in most games is the ref. It's all they yell about. They yell offsides when it's not offside. They yell foul when it's not a foul. They, they yell out red card when they don't even have a clue what that means. And they, they never help the situation. They always make it, they escalate you know, very, very normal situations into very volatile situations in a hurry. Because a, a referee who's almost forced into making decisions uh, against the parents, like when they're, the, the, the parents on this sidelines are the red team. And the, the red, and they keep yelling and yelling and yelling. That ref is a human. He's going to say, "Well, no, screw it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to call a foul for you, you, until these parents show up." But that's not communicated. It's just a scenario that has escalated out of control, and a referee has misappropriately um, <laughs> wielded his power out there. That I, I'm God today, and I'll blow my whistle when I want. So that's it's scary, man. When you see it happen, it's, 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 it, I, I, I fear for the kids because they're right in the middle of that, that, uh, that fight. And some of them don't want to be in a fight. They just want to play, they want to play a soccer game and they don't, they don't want to, they want to trap and pass the ball and move and try and score a goal. They, they're not out there to hurt anybody. Well, let me ask you this though. And, uh, please don't take offense, but America is inherently quite a violent nation. You know, there's, there's more guns here. There's, there's more killings here. There's more shootings um, than anywhere else on the planet. Do you think that there's a case to be made that the, the, the angst is coming out in different ways Yes, and now coming out onto the, the sporting field? Yes. And ha- I mean, I mean, well, how many video games have you played lately? I mean, how many, I mean, have you seen some of this stuff that these kids play, you know, w- whether it's uh, Fortnite or, or, or call of duty or, or, you know, or some of the MMA stuff. I mean, it's, it's all about kicking, hitting, hurting, you know, and it's or shooting people. And, and some of that stuff, when it becomes, uh, you know, some sense of normalcy comes to, Oh yeah, he died. You know, like it's no big deal to them. It's like there, there's 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 a mentality that comes along with this, which which can really, uh, you know, change 
the mind of a young of a, of a, a very young mind which is just trying to figure things out that they don't realize how severe their actions are so yeah that stuff scares me that i i do think that our society um you know it's, it's there's a lot of things we're starting to get right and we're starting to be much more uh, i'd say appreciative and accepting of certain things but at the same time violence is something that that is, is should always be last resort but it finds its way in, into a soccer field every saturday doesn't it Last thing then, uh, administrators, leagues, you know, obviously I'm, I'm with Cow South. Um, so is, is the other side of the coin here in uh, Southern California. What do you think it, the responsibility of the administrators of the game are to the health and safety of our players? Understanding uh, the importance of, just like any other business, hire the right people who have the right uh, principles and values that, um, that they're not in this for the wrong reasons or if they're trying to do it for personal reasons or it's, it's some sort of, of personal endeavor that I'm going to win and I want to I at all costs. Um, teachers of, of anything um, need to understand what a massive impact they have on young minds. So it's important to have the right people uh, to, that have the right values and integrity because that stuff – you know, I'll, I'll quote uh, Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire once said that the greatest challenge our children have today is learning manners without seeing them. That falls on parents, that falls on administrators, that falls on coaches, that falls on all of us. Wonderful stuff, Eric. Um, how can my listeners get in touch with you and maybe keep this conversation going? What's the best way to, to hit you up? Win all the 11. Yeah, that's, that's, that's our, uh, um, but I, I, I love Twitter. And if you love Twitter, find me on Twitter at Eric Winalda. Look for that little check mark. Uh, I do, li- I listen to DMs. I, I listen to opinions. I listen to everything. And I do respond. So it's a good place to find me. For more on Cal South, you can visit us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can also find me on Twitter at Nick Webster. For Eric Winalda, this has been The Bear and the Ball. We'll catch you next week.